welcome back to the Pack Leader Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Diaz, and we've got Q&A day again today. Yay. And uh, this is what? Did I say episode four already? Episode four. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do let's, we got? Let's roll right into it. All right. First question is from Huma. Is it safe to use a prong collar for everyday walks and can it hurt my puppy? Mm. So yes and yes. Um, it, it's safe to have the prong collar on your dog. However, you want to make sure in terms of like hurting the puppy. Um, whenever I'm introducing a prong collar to a dog, I always start with what I call gentle pressure. So I like to introduce the prong to the dog. So you just want to make sure that you're not yanking the dog around. And honestly, this is a, I feel like a big problem with prong collars is that people think that they're supposed to be yanking their dogs around. And that's not true at all when you're you have to understand that you're it's a training tool so you don't put a prong collar on a dog to just go outside and like yank on it until they understand what they're supposed to do there's there's techniques involved there's the you should be using it with the intention to teach your dog to not have to feel it like i tell all my clients we don't want the dog to feel the prong collar we use the prong collar to create this boundary in front of us and to the side of us and behind us so that they don't you know lag behind or pull ahead or pull off to the side to sniff and in addition to that i would recommend focusing on rewarding your dog for being at your side mm -hmm. so what i tell my clients is the food or the praise is the tool that we use to encourage the dog to stay within that bubble and the prong is the tool that we use to discourage the dog from going beyond that bubble. And we should use both of them um, in conjunction with each other. So, but yeah, you, there's, there's nothing wrong with using it for everyday walks. In fact, there's nothing wrong with using it as a training collar beyond walks. So in the house as well, and you can hurt your puppy. And I wouldn't, I'm not saying that you should be, but you, there's definitely potential to be hurting your dog if you're not using it correctly. So just be careful. And honestly, if you're really having doubts or concerns, I would recommend hiring a professional to help you. It, it may be, it may be possible that your dog doesn't even need a prong. So I'm actually going to, um, piggyback off that question sure. just to get a little bit more into detail of that. Is there an age range or like a if it's a puppy, right? Like, is like there a minimum a age? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I would say for me, like 12 months or excuse me, 12 weeks. Okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem putting a, a prong on a, on a three month old puppy. Um, but again, it's not, you know, and, and I'm sure people might be listening or watching this and be like, Oh my God, you know, that's terrible. But the reality is, is regardless, it, the age is kind of irrelevant it's it's more about the the dog or the puppy and also in my case if, if i'm working with a client it's about the client a lot of times when i recommend prong collars it's not necessarily for the dog it's for the client because they're struggling having any ounce of physical control over their dog so i just want to make sure that they can have that good control and then i teach them how to use the prong collar effectively so we're not hurting the dog and just yanking them around because again that's not what it's about Gotcha. So now, can the fit of a collar make a difference? Of course, we want to fit it high up on the neck, nice and snug. Um, occasionally, you know, if because of the design of the prong collar, it can be a little too tight if you take too many links out. So I would say I would rather it be a little loose and then make 
uh, frequent adjustments to the collar. And there's also little tricks that you can use like um, a zip tie and tie the chains together on the back of the prong. You can use a quick release, which I'm fine with. I know some trainers aren't, but I'm okay with it just as long as you double check your equipment and make sure that it's correctly uh, fitted and secured. And of course, I could back up collars as well. All right, let's move on. Patrick asked, what is a good book on dog psychology? I know you're a fan of books and yeah. you're always reading and Let's taking see. your education to the next level. Um, I would, so I, there aren't, there aren't any books that I've read that are specifically, uh, you know, geared towards dog psychology. However, if I had to choose a book to talk about how dogs learn, it would be a book titled how dogs learn. <laughs> so, simple. Yeah. Right here by uh mary r birch phd and john s bailey phd um mary birch actually is the director i want to say don't quote me on that uh for the canine good citizens for akc mm. so this book talks about how dogs learn and there's a lot of science behind and matter of fact it's all science behind how they learn from a behavioral perspective and i think that once you can understand this this book isn't really for pet owners or guardians if you will it's more for trainers but i would recommend that if you're really interested in understanding how dogs learn as a as a pet owner as a dog owner then get this book because it really breaks things down and once you and this is the foundation for like everything you know you can read a hundred different iterations of books break it down and explain it in a different way but this book right here is the fundamental that they're always coming from it's this right here so if you're going to read any book about how dogs learn in psychology i would say how dogs learn is the book to do nice and uh, this is kind of like a two-in-one sure. because you had a couple of people asking the same in essence the same question okay and uh, that's from tales of three and b hendo Tips for relationship building, or better yet, best things I can do to build a strong, trustworthy relationship with my dog. Things you can do to build a strong, trustworthy relationship with your dog. If you want your dog to trust you, be consistent in every way that you can. That's the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. That's step one. So just be consistent. You know, whether that's having boundaries, you know, like let's say, for example, consistency with like not jumping. This is a really good example, actually. If you want your dog to trust you and take your word, we'll say, you know, quote, I'm doing air quotes here for those who are listening, um, then you need to, to be consistent with what you're asking from them. The biggest way for your dog not to trust you is to be inconsistent because they don't know what to expect from you. So consistency in both the way that you live with them and in your training. And so to go with the example that I was going to give, if you allow your dog to jump on you sometimes because you're in a lovey mood and then other times you've had a long day, you're tired and you know, your dog's nails need to be trimmed and they're scratching the crap out of you, or you just came home from shopping and you got all this stuff in your hands and your dog jumps on you and you get pissed and you yell at them and punish them or whatever, then that, that is very inconsistent from your dog's perspective. They're like, I don't understand. They don't, they don't get that you had a bad day. They don't, they don't read that. Right. And then um, you got like a nice crisp white shirt that you just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, I would say that's the number one thing that I would recommend that you can do to be, is to be consistent, to build that trustworthy relationship with your dog. And the other thing is to use, um, clear communication. So what I mean by that is 
unclear communication, let's define that first, would be, let's say, yelling and emotional responses to your dog. So clear communication is going to be feedback that is non-emotional. So if my dog does something bad, for example, um, as soon as I get them to stop, maybe it's a clap, maybe I poke them, or maybe they have a prong collar and I give them a little pop of the, the prong collar, or maybe I just simply tell them no and they stop. Great. If I get emotional because I'm frustrated because they keep doing it, then that's a way to make my dog not trust me because now I'm bringing emotion into it and they don't understand that. So that's not clear to them. That's very, that's a foggy area. So those would be two tips like right off the bat that I would say. So consistency and clarity in your communication. Gotcha. Would you, um, would you say maybe like maybe timing? Sometimes, you know, people, I think it happens a lot with like potty training, you know, yeah, bad timing with corrections. Yeah. Like they'll come home and the dog has already had an accident in the house and they're scolding their dog. Yeah. Good. That's a good example. And, uh, and I appreciate that because I would add timing into the realm of um, clear communication because it's not clear to your dog if you're punishing them like three minutes after the fact and it's not clear to your dog if you're rewarding them three minutes after the fact like they have no idea especially in the early stages of training and learning for your dog so that would go into the the clarity and communication gotcha and uh, (laughs) i have apparently a lot of questions sorry guys i'm taking over the the questions um, as far as dogs learn, I always forget, I know it's such like a short window mm-hmm. of whether it's positive or feed, you know, or negative feedback that you have to provide. Yeah. What is that? Like one point, what seconds? 1.3 seconds. 1.3 seconds. Yeah. So, and, and again, that's more specific to the learning phase. Like for example, Brooklyn and Logan, if I put them on place and they they're on place let's just say for five minutes and then i'm in the kitchen and then one of them wanders off and i don't catch them for like 30 seconds or a minute and then i see them and i'm like ah they would know why because they understand i've worked with them you know yes so much and they they know the rules they know what's going on so i don't i don't believe that they would not get it but if i'm just teaching them and they get off the bed I'm not going to correct them, right? I'm not going to, you know, implement any forms of punishment, so to speak. I'm going to, you know, grab the leash and guide them back onto the bed very calmly. And I'm just going to recognize that I dropped the ball there and I should have been paying more attention. So there's been, you know, uh, studies about that time window and dogs still have the ability to understand what's going on and like uh, let's say why they're being rewarded or why they're being corrected the problem is is that it varies the with each dog and also the further you get from that 1.3 seconds the less likely they're going to understand it so it's just so much better for training and for the learning process for the dog to be given the communication whether it's you know a reward or a correction uh, as close as possible to that window or to the onset of the unwanted behavior or to the completion of the wanted behavior. Um, since you mentioned jumping, I'm going to actually jump into our yeah, next let's question. let's do it. Pun intended. It's from Charlotte. Could you cover jumping up at people? Our puppy is one years old and it's living, it's like living with a hairy tiger. <laughs> yeah, okay. So number one, when it comes to jumping, there's a couple of things that I always recommend people do. So first and foremost, let us look at the human error that is more than likely taking place. 
not to blame anybody or make some assumptions if i'm incorrect i apologize but most people when they complain about jumping on one hand they don't want jumping but on the other hand their dog jumps on them or guests and the guests or the people the owners are like happily petting their dog so again we pushing them off yeah so we have to be consistent so that's number one so don't don't reward your dog for jumping sometimes and then expect them not to do it the other times when you don't want them to do it in addition to that have control over the people that come into your house or the people that your dog is meeting if i'm going to have my dog meet a stranger and i would tell them hey we're working on jumping please stop petting them if they jump on you right so that i have to make that very clear because i don't want to be giving my dog feedback to not do it like a correction while the person is simultaneously continuing to pet my dog yeah it's not fair to the dog yeah so that's that's number one so make sure that we're not reinforcing the behavior number two is ask your dog to do a behavior like sit in order to get the affection that they're looking for and then after that i would implement a correction right and all these things can be combined so you don't necessarily have to focus on a sit because i'll be honest with you you know as a as a balance trainer you know, I've met plenty of dogs that their their jumping is ridiculous. They are just so persistent, and you can stand there until you're freaking eighty years old, trying to get the dog to not jump on you. You know, this whole like turn your back and all that stuff. Like your this back is nonsense. Is all yeah, your back is scratched. It's like, well, tell grandma to do that. You know what I mean? She's got old skin and she's gonna bruise easily and get scratched up like it's ridiculous so my thing is this if i have a dog that's really persistent and really pushy with jumping i'm gonna give them a correction i'm gonna lead with a correction and say knock that off but i am also going to make sure that i'm not reinforcing it and that i'm asking the dog for a sit so i'll correct the dog and i'll tell them sit or at the very least all four paws have to be on the ground in order to get affection And I'm going to be consistent through and through with that. And I'm going to make sure that anybody that interacts with my dog understands those rules. If you're a family member or a friend and you love dogs and you don't mind, well, then my dog's not going to interact with you because I mind. And I'm trying to get them to stop doing that. The other thing that I recommend when it comes to actually giving a correction is, believe it or not, is keep a loose leash with your dog. In other words, don't don't try to hold your dog back. Allow your dog to make the decision and then give them a consequence now for me when i'm using a leash and i'm correcting a dog for jumping i'm going to do one of two things i'm going to use a quick pop down and back so the dog jumps up i have the leash in my hand and i kind of think of like if you're skiing right but obviously just using one arm that down and back motion that you would use if you're trying to propel yourself on skis with the poles so it would look something like that the other thing that i would do is potentially grab the leash and go straight up with the leash so the dog jumps and I just pull them up and I hold them for a second. As soon as they show me any sign of discomfort, I let I relax the leash again. So I'm not trying to hold them there. It's not like, um, you know, like we're not trying to extend the punishment. Once the dog shows like, oh, I don't like this, I relax the leash. Um, but I'm going to be consistent with that, right? So, and I've met some dogs where, you know, they really don't need a, a strong uh, physical correction. If you learn to give the dog affection at the right times, ask them for a sit, being proactive, you can you can get away with not giving them a physical correction. But I've met plenty of dogs that benefit greatly from a physical correction because they're so persistent. And the the thing too is that people have unintentionally they they try the whole like don't give the dog attention and then they end up giving them attention anyway. 
And one last little piece of information that I didn't mention, I should have mentioned earlier, is that when dogs jump on people and people push the dog off of them, that is attention, right? So we're actually giving the dog what they want because most dogs are going to perceive that touch as a form of play. So when I want to play with a dog, I actually push them around. Lighthearted, gentle sort of pushing, right? That's what I do when I want to play with a dog. That's what people do when they try to get their dog to stop jumping on them. They go no, and then they push the dog off, and the dog jumps back up, and they go no, and they push the dog, not realizing that they're actually engaging with the dog. And yeah. so the, the dog is like, "Ooh, we're playing," and exactly, you're like, no, we're not. yeah. And you have to. So again, there's no clarity there. And confusion. That, that communication is not there at all, yeah. right? So we're miscommunicating. So, so are you suggesting then, um, like, if I have a dog that's jumping, right, and I'm trying to teach my dog? not to and i have guests coming over are you suggest suggesting that i have my dog on a leash prior to their arrival yes among other things i'd recommend having the dog on place right that's another way to handle it and having people go to the dog as the reward for the dog for staying on the bed rather than just releasing the dog a lot of times when dogs are on place that's that's another way it doesn't always work but it actually is very successful uh with keeping dogs like on the bed you know, so they don't jump up on people. Mm -hmm. So they're used to being on the bed. They understand to like keep their paws on the bed. So that can help too. And but, also give them that time to like relax and like yeah, and calm get down. over that excitement. Exactly. But yeah, it, it, but if I'm going to like let the dog off the bed and interact with people, it's 100% going to be on leash mm -hmm. until I can get consistency with the responses from the dog. When I see them time and time again, responding well to people, staying with their paws on the ground. And I always tell my clients like, I don't care if the dog's excited, let them be excited. You know, to a degree, right? If it's so much excitement that it always turns up, uh, ends up into a jumping, that's a little bit different. But generally speaking, I don't mind the wiggle butt. You know, be a little excited. Yeah, I'll pay you. That's cool. But you can't jump. So that's the action that gets corrected. That's the action where, you know, we take action immediately following that. So I hope that helps. I think that's it for today. Right, yeah, cool. let's wrap it up. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for joining in. And guys. we look forward to having some more Q&A. If you'd like to submit your questions, you can do so on my Instagram page at leader of the pack LV and uh, through email uh, info at leadyourpacklv.com. We look forward to hearing your questions and helping you out in any way that we can. We'll see you guys next time. Until next time. Peace.